0: month, Fractal Universe will release their new album, The Impassable Horizon, via Metal Blade Records. As one of the most complex and compelling progressive metalworks of the year, The Impassable Horizon also features the introduction of frontman Vince Wilkins' newly owned saxophone skills, which take the French quartet's music to the next level. Purchase your copy of The Impassable Horizon now at MetalBlade.com slash Fractal Universe. Once again, The Impassable Horizon, the new album from Fractal Universe. Go to MetalBlade.com slash Fractal Universe and pre-order today.
1: It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych. Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks
0: Podcast. What is going on, everybody out there? It is, your host, Petter Spych.
1: I am always joined by... My name is Brandon Hahn, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch.
0: And don't you fools forget.
2: It's Sylvia. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at it's Sylvia.
0: And our other co-hosts, uh, make sure to follow her as well. That's Jocelyn Sharp. That's J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N Sharp. On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram... The Wizard of Jaws on TikTok. If you guys want to follow me, I am at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter. Rise to Offend Official on Instagram. This week, back on the show, we have James Kent from Perturbator. And we are here to talk about the new album, Lustful Sacraments. It's out right now if you guys haven't picked it up. But before we jump into the interview, guys, as always, we like to chat about the Metal Sucks News.
1: We're here to tell you what you need to know Metal Sucks News Who is raping in upcoming show? Metal Sucks News Take your deep just to get the scoop Metal Sucks News Fill your head with the media's poop Now that we have your attention Lend us your ears is Metal Sucks News Controlling my thoughts Will it make you happy Or fill you with fear Metal Sucks News guide the lost
0: come with us all right first news story oh man well so much fun so much fun we, we'll talk about it we'll talk about it vince neal
1: oh. <laughs> i i didn't even know which one you were going to start with and i was i said so much fun and i knew it i knew it in my heart this is going to be a good conversation <gasps> oh, he ended buddy.
0: a show in rather embarrassing fashion um, oh, if,
2: it's cringeworthy. Yeah,
0: if you guys go to metal and look it up, there's a a minute video of I believe they're doing girls, girls, girls. I'm mm-hmm. uh, closing the show, I'm guessing, and within a 35 seconds of the song, he's just ah, oh, my voice is gone, and he pretty much walks off the stage. And then you have the two, you know, the guitar players yeah. or guitarists and bassist. I'm assuming. Lip sing into a backing track.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like to try and well, make sure he, out, like, walks no back. Off. he just walks off. They're like, huh?
2: Because you still hear the girls. Yeah, girls. Like in
1: girls, perfect yeah. pitch. And yeah. And he yeah. walks out. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. the backing track is still playing. And <laughs> Vince's like, see you later. Bye.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy.
0: Fuck you, pay me. See you. Oh, bye. God. Now, this has been Vince Neil for, the, you know, 20 yeah. 30 not 30 years and dude this is this what I'm has saying. been vince neal forever when we're in las him, vegas so he lives out here yeah you know when
1: you listen to that backing track when you listen to him like reach that point where it sounded bad i'm like well that's how he sounded in some of these other isolated tracks from years ago yeah like yeah. it's not like it's anything different this guy has lost it a long time ago
2: but then like even like video has emerged of him uh like were they isolating his vocal tracks his vocals and he's like, yep. He like it's bad.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, there is, is great videos on fun of him. Yeah. Yeah. it's just. Yeah, was
2: that Gooch or was that, <laughs> was that Vince Neil? Neal? Vince I don't Neil, know. Yeah.
1: Was that a three-year-old working on their English? You know, we mean, don't know who's just learning sentences for the first time or Vince Neal? And truthfully, the fact
0: that he showed a little bit of shame and like, oh, I'm not doing good. In this particular video, it's like, why hasn't he done this for like the last 20 years? This is not new. He's not worse than I heard him before. But
2: also, how would the stadium tours, how would those have gone? Oh, yeah. They
0: were lip-syncing. Oh, you're talking about in a year. He was going to get into shape. That Listen, Motley Crue, all they do is lie. All they do is you remember they, they, they said that, how caps. how great that Netflix movie was and they go, oh it was great it was perfect it was horrible right <laughs> it was like yeah the, that's all they do is just lie to sell and they sell and their mythos yeah that's all it is they it's don't like they just care.
1: get by they get if it wasn't for the Aussie snorting ant story like I wonder how much cre- credence that went in Motley Crue you know what I mean like I know that they were the biggest band they were one of the biggest bands in the eighties for sure uh huh but like. Those stories didn't even come out until years later. And then it added just more They deserve their mythos for their partying ways,
0: yes. right? So they deserve their mythos. But we I don't feel like their fan base is really and, and like I said, the the Tommy Lee drum thing, all the things they did that they deserve their mythos for that. But like I, I truly feel like Vince Neal was always like always made fun of. Well, I, I don't remember
1: a time when people were like that dude.
2: Is a great singer.
1: I don't remember this in my life at See, least. See, you were talking about Vince coming to terms, going, "Guys, sorry." You know, yeah, well, me, obviously, he looked sad when he walked me, out that on, on his band. shows a little bit of growth. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> that, to me, is like Vince going. Maturity. You know, I, I got to get my shit together.
0: <laughs> and that's another thing about what I saw Molly Crew on their final tour, or maybe their third final their, tour, whatever. Yeah. Like, in, it was going on for three years, but I saw them on technically the final final tour. And I saw them as a, at a residency out here in Vegas. This was probably mm, let's just go seven or eight years now, okay. and it was all backing tracks. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't singing, you know. I don't want to say he was lip singing, but oh, bro, there was,
1: wasn't like he wasn't singing then. Mm-hmm. So do they have bass tracks? I mean, the only one that I think they is had playing girls is Tommy pretending Lee. like, oh like God, they were singing. Really? Yeah, I, oh, I think dude. Tommy Lee does it. And my thing is, is with Mick Mars like. Dude, that's weekend at Bernie's. It's like, dude, this guy's got this guy's got it's his weekend at Bernie's is dead on stage. <laughs> dude, it's just it's just, dude, because the guy's he got can't his move, bones. Right? Yeah, he his bones are fusing together, yeah. and you got these three and he's like older. He's like 10 years older, 10, 15 years older than the other guys, right? And it's like they're just kind of like, all right, get Mick out there and all right, get out of there. You know, and he just stuff and he that's, shuffles out there. And I remember aw. I remember he was there was times where he would play on one side of the stage and then Dude, it would be like, he would shuffle to the other side. It'd be like, take him three songs to shuffle to the other side of the stage and do it. And it's like... What are you guys gonna realize? Like how much Everybody. how much of this money is going towards Coke still, Vince? Like when Tommy Lee looks like the responsible one, you know? What <laughs> that's, I <mean>? a <laughs> like, that's a problem. <laughs>
0: that's a problem. You know, I, you did bring up a point though. It's rare that a band has their bass player. A rock and roll band has their bass player be more of the face than their guitar player. Mick Mars is like the least important member. I mean, like, uh, well, Nicky wrote all those songs. I know he did, but still, he's the bass player. You're I mean, right. I'm and, just saying, like usually usually the guitar player in
1: the eighties bands outshines the bass, the, bass the bass
0: player, but not Motlane. But you Brew. know what
1: it is with Nicky Six though? I just I think with Nicky Six when you think of Vince Neal and you're like, all right, what Playboy Playmates did he hook up with? And you're like, I don't know. But with Nicky Six, it's like, well, there's like several. There's like Oh, I don't know either. I know Donna Dierico was like the big one back okay. in the nineties, and then I know there was like there was like two more. So there was a little bit of drama with Nicky Six, and then the heroine diaries came out. That was a big book when that came out. Uh, a lot is very eye-opening. And with Vince, it's like all the other stuff that he's getting credit for, it's just to laugh at. So, I mean, it's like with, with Nikki, there's a little bit of credence there. I mean, at least 6AM is somewhat of a, is a successful band. They've toured all over the place. You know what I mean?
0: I feel out of all the solo careers, the 6AM, the Tommy Lee's, yeah, whatever he's been Masters doing. Methods of Mayhem. Methods of Mayhem, wasn't the thing? And, and, then, and then Vince Neal, when he first came out with a solo record, I think it was called Carved Into Stone. Yeah. I feel like that was the best one of the bunch. Really? I do. I stand by Vince Neil's solo record was the best out of anything the other guys did. That's what I say. I'd say, say
1: 6 a.m. is the best thing. It's possible. I'd I'd I mean, that. it's debatable. I'd say
0: that by a lot, I actually. Think I think it mean, got
2: more radio play. It
0: got more radio play, but I'm just I think saying, think Steve like, Stevens, you got a guy like DJ Ashbaugh was playing a, guitar. No, I right. think Steve Stevens was the guitar player on Vince Neal's first album. The guy oh, from Vince Billy Neal's, Idol. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, talking yeah,
1: about 6 a.m. with DJ Ashbaugh. Yeah, I
0: know, yeah, I, was I know. Like yeah, I think So, anyways, it's the most popular one. Yeah. We got off track a little bit, but my point is is that no, did I mean none of us believed that he was going to get in shape and sound. Good, he I thought done.
2: he was over quarantine. Well, because I remember they were showing pictures of him like at least a little bit thinned out, or something happened. Like he made some some progress. No,
1: right. Well, I didn't it's see those because pictures. he couldn't go to bars and get blasted for till six in the morning. Point. You know, like when you're in your fifties and you're partying <laughs> like that, it's like Vince. Is he come in the 60s, man? He's in his. He's, he's in, Okay, be. so when he's six, it's like, dude,
0: they came out came out in nineteen like eighty one. It's dude. amazing,
1: dude. I, I, I'm starting to wonder. I'm like, who? Who's more durable, like Vince Neal or um, who's the guitar player for the Stones? What's his name? Um, Keith Richards. Keith Richards, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's Vince Neal like the no. Keith Richards? I mean, hey, I'm just saying Keith Richards put it away back in the day, too. So, And he's still, I mean, I don't think he's doing what Vince Neal was doing, but.
0: Will this affect Vince Neal in any way, shape, or form as he tours his uh, I think the it already artist. has, though. Yeah? I don't yeah. think it
1: will. People are going to buy, people are. People that are in love with that band are in love with the era, and I think when they think of that era, Motley Crue is the very first name that pops up. It's mm-hmm. like if you're if you're in love with that hair metal kind of stuff, and well, you know, well, Live Wire is a great song. They have some great songs. They have some great songs. But what I'm saying is, yeah. is like when you think of that era, there is nobody bigger than Motley Crue. I would think
0: Van Halen, but that's not of that era. I
1: wouldn't call I wouldn't call them hair metal though. Like it's oh, like, okay. I, I can't either. really. Call I, was, them. I see what are saying. I
2: always. I always... Like the opposite of Motley Crue for me was Guns N' Roses.
1: Yeah, they were like a legit rock band. Yeah. You know, it was like the thing is with Motley Crue, though, again, they nobody really praised them for their musicianship like we did with no, Guns they, and were, Roses. Style they and, were style, they were style, yeah, and, es- and excess. And yeah. It was just, um, there was, there was you know, the stories, you know what I mean? The legends that you, that you hear about these guys. It's like, and then the thing is with Motley Crue, it's like, again, once they were out of their heyday. You know there was other things going on like Tommy Lee is with Pam and then mm-hmm. Nikki's releasing the Heroin Diaries and Vince Neil was beating the shit out of women. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, he they, opened
2: a restaurant. Yeah,
0: he he did open a restaurant out here. Yeah, <laughs> but he he very much that's what I'm saying. Motley Crue has very much always stayed in the media spotlight and that's kept their popularity alive their but style I, over substance all day,
1: but right. But, but I, I don't saying. think
2: it's because like Gooch was saying, it's because he has a great voice. It's just to laugh at him. Well, and on yeah. top of that
1: too, with Motley Crue, it's like, again, they were like the very first, I, I don't want to say the very first, but they kind of reminded me of like the, the very first like reality metal band where it's like their life was in the papers. You know, we read about it mm. and it's like, there was just, again, there was just w- so many stories that were coming mm. out. And again, the era definitely l- lended some credence to that. But, uh, but yeah, so again, it's all style over substance Molly Crew.
0: So, moving on to the next story, Vince Neil is not going to sing better, but I guarantee you they'll still sell tickets at a stadium tour. No. Yeah. Stadium. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, <laughs> at the,
0: at the,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks. Guys.
2: <laughs> That's how exactly how he sings. We're not even exaggerating. Yeah. Oh, I
0: know. I, <laughs> I never liked Motley Crew. I always thought they were I was I never got yeah. Motley Crew at all. He's like I, I said.
1: Like Pe-
0: people will always bring up the live wire or some great one or two great songs and I'm like dude stop yeah Cinderella is live- a better band live you know wire, like-
1: Live wire is by far their best song yeah. and then everything after that was just you know cocaine and party
0: so next story guys new Megadeth basis will not be Jason Newstead
1: oh, oh
2: I heard that. Wouldn't
1: that have been weird?
0: I know. I, dude, I'm that so glad. Been a, that if that been, happened, I would have been like, what? I wonder dude. if James
1: Hetfield would be
2: pissed. It's like an
0: upgrade, right? With it James, would James. It'd be an well, upgrade yeah. to David Ellison. Not to say that he's not a whatever, but like, what? It just makes no sense. James Hepfield would be pissed. He would be pissed. pissed I wonder if Lars and James would be like, he fucking
1: sold out. (laughs) Sold out. So selling out would have been staying in. He turned his
2: back on us. No, no, I know
1: It's like the funny thing is though, is you got two guys that were formerly in Metallica that would be in Megadeth. That's why I'm like, oh please, that would be so amazing. Like two guys. It would be like Metallica Light if that were the case. Like he (laughs) were the guys that couldn't make the cut. Well, you know they, Uh, they, uh, they which I don't agree. Which I think both those guys are amazing, but
0: yeah, I just, I just feel like no, I feel like Jay. I stand by his solo stuff. I was really a fan of what he was doing as a solo artist. So I know he gave up on that, but like for. I don't know him to join Megadeth. I would like you said, it would be weird.
1: It would be weird,
0: would but be I definitely
1: weird. think that if you're going to get rid of Dave Ellison, at least you bringing in get a familiar someone, face. A familiar is, face. You know, again, it would sell. It would be an upgrade. It would sell and I don't yeah. think and, and I think that's what they were thinking. They're like, "All right, who can we get that's not going to jerk off on camera?" <laughs> and, you know, and it, it's, I got an idea. I got a guy. I got a guy.
2: That a he rumor? used to
1: work where I used to work.
2: <laughs> Was that a rumor or did they actually have talks about it?
1: Oh, it
0: was a rumor. I think oh, fans okay. were just kind of attacking him. But oh, people people speculated since it's happened, ooh, Jason Newstead. Like, uh, just because it's like this this teaming of Metallica and Megadeth. But
1: that's, but it, but that's the thing. It's just the same thing with sports. It's like everybody he, just wants the super team. And it's yeah. like, let's just get, a, get the super band, the super group. It's And that, and that thing is, though, is whenever I hear super group, there's only been a couple of times where that's worked, in my opinion. Yeah. Where it's like... Like down comes to mind. Down's great, you know. And then I have a feeling that four of those guys jerk off on camera, though. Yeah, right. So, so they You've probably get along four, four to five. But that's what bonds I'm giving. Them. I'm giving Kirk the pass. But I'm just saying like, <laughs> but that's what <laughs> bonds them. They're like, hey, you know, if, that, if something ever came out, they're like, oh, Phil got caught jerking off on camera. Like, well, yeah, so did we. so did Pepper. So did Pepper. <laughs> yeah. He's right there, dude. He does the same shit. You know, <laughs> they just have all this blackmail holding each other in the band. You know? <laughs> I guess we have to stay together. Go ahead, leave. I. I dare you? <laughs> Jeez.
0: well Well, we went there. Yeah, that was did. quick. We took it to a dark place. So, yeah, we, we didn't talk about who the basis for Megadeth should be. I don't really have any thoughts. Again, uh, yeah. it, it's it. It, it doesn't it, matter it, <laughs> if you're gonna
1: find if if, if it's not gonna be someone of of note. Yeah. You know, again, when you're thinking bass players, it's so funny. Like Jason Newstead hasn't been in Metallica for almost twenty five years, but we're still like, what about Nikki Six? Right? What about Nikki? Wow. What? Six? what? 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 He can do backing
0: tracks and have a flame shooting bass. Right, part. yeah. Dude, I'm loving it. See, now you're catching <laughs> See, on, buddy. I,
2: I'm, I'm a fan of that. That's pretty cool. Pete, Pete, Pete that's Boy, the Pete best Pete part of the
0: show is Nikki yeah. Six and Tommy Lee. Yeah, and their yeah. flamethrower yeah, and their flame rollercoaster. Yeah, that's the best part of the show Those by Those were far. awesome. Those were awesome. I, dude, yeah. I, I agree. I know, but... I agree. You know, Yeah, 100%. After that. You know, so After that, um, I knew all the songs. Right, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that counts for something. You're like, I'm not a fan of this band, but I know every song. It counts mm-hmm. for
1: something. Hum, we, Stop. No. <laughs> keep going. No, keep
0: going.
1: <laughs> I okay.
0: Guys, I don't know, but Brandon's voice is shot. I apologize. <laughs> guys, I'm sorry. Dropped a mic. I'm
1: going to have to stop singing on the podcast. My voice is uh. never really was never there in the beginning. No. It's always been backing tracks. <laughs> it's always been backing tracks.
0: <laughs> Next story we're going to talk about, guys. Before our interview with James from Perturbator, guys, Weezer, uh, now, Weezer. We talked about Weezer a few times, which is odd because this is a metal podcast. But they put out a metal record, or quote unquote, what they call the metal record, called Van Weezer.
1: What they call a metal record? Okay, uh, yeah, but I don't want metal fans to be like
0: a tribute to, to Van like Van Halen. Halen. Yeah, okay. I don't, I don't want metal fans to go listen to it and be like, this is not a metal record. We'll tell you ahead of time, it's not a metal record. <laughs> but The point is, is I'm a, Weezer's cool. I got nothing bad to say. But um, Weezer offered their 2000 song, their hit song, Hashpipe, to Ozzy Osbourne, and he turned it down. You I feel like that would have been a big hit for Ozzy.
1: No, I don't. I really,
0: know. that song is catchy as it's hell, dude. It's catchy, but it's dude. supposed to
2: be an alternative song.
1: Yeah, see, and that's the thing. Like, it's got a it's it, got a mean riff and a hook. Of course, you, you add Zach Wilde's little wah wahs in the middle of it. I yeah. can tell. wah wah, Ash w- Pine. But, but the reason why we like it though is because <laughs> that hook yeah. is so simple. You know, Zach Wilde would have made it so much more complex and like, here, let me show you how awesome I am. And what? Again, we're just talking about simple dun 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 dun, dun And people, dun, dun, if, that's it. And if
0: people don't remember, Ozzy
1: can't do. Ozzy doesn't do that kind of music.
0: The we. The story was weird in 2000 because they were huge in 94 when they put out the Blue album. Mm-hmm. Then they put out Pinkerton, which just people shit all over, which clearly is their best record. And, and like obviously later on, everybody realized it was great. And then the band went away. And there was like this weird um, comeback mm-hmm. in like 98 or 99. It was like, what about Weezer? What about Weezer? And then they came back in 2001, which was five years later, yeah. with Hashpipe. And that was their hit. So they were kind of gone for a minute, not super long. And then they were just getting talked about. And then they became popular off of this song. So if they gave it to Ozzy Osbourne, yeah. that might have killed the whole trajectory of them Putting out three records every year that nobody listens to. Well, I think true. Same thing. <laughs> I was dude, say like they did the,
2: before the uh, Van Halen one or the Van they put Haze. one out like three months before. before yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, you right hear away.
1: about that all the time with other like especially with pop artists. You know, like mm-hmm. you hear about that kind of stuff all the time. Like ah, oh, they Britney Spears turned it down and now Lady Gaga. You know, it's like you hear about that. Yeah, but this constantly. was
0: during the Osbournes too. This song would have been a smash, dude. No, if Ozzy sang it. No. Really, I don't think there so. was no smash on "Down to Earth," wasn't well, that the record that came out? That, this I, would have been the hit, dude. I
1: can't just—it's—it's just the—it's it's just the, the subject matter, though. Of and it just does not fall in line with Ozzy's like no. vocal stylings. It's like I can't see it. It's the same thing, and I'll admit being biased. Obviously, I've heard "Hash Pipe," so I have no idea what would have happened. It's the same thing when we discuss you know, actors and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, oh, you know, this part was originally meant for this. And, you know, like I, like Heath Ledger's Joker. Like there was a, I think it was Hall or something like that they wanted to play. Hmm, I, don't, I don't. It was remember. it was another guy like that. And then he. We Ledger did a rise to offend
0: him. on the Joker. You guys can go listen to that episode. We did like six hours about the Joker. Right. So it's in there. It's. But in I there. can't remember. But I'm just remember. saying we did a like, lot of research on when that when you
1: saw how great Heath Ledger was in that. You can't imagine, and it's it's so hard to imagine another actor being able to do that. Even though they're actors, yeah. Somebody who probably would have done just as good of, or just as amazing of a job, but just in a, it would have been a totally far cry from what we saw with that. And the same thing goes on with this. It's like. It's all speculation but I I just don't see Ozzy being a this is such an alternative song and Ozzy's mm-hmm. it's like I, I I see Ozzy looking at the lyrics and just going ah, hash pipe this isn't my thing oh man
0: I, I can't Ozzy's whole that's like their heavy that's like their that's and like their if and, you've seen Weezer live like I said before they're really boring but yeah. the second you hear a hash pipe dun, 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 yeah. Dun, yeah. it's it's got let a them have it. it's got a darkness <laughs> to it that would have fit not for Ozzy no, I'm not let talking let about Weezer holidays in the darkness. sun it would not have happened it
1: would not have happened it just didn't work Ozzy saw it he's like yeah. I'll take it, and it just wouldn't have gone anywhere. All right, Weezer needed it, and it just worked out for the best.
0: So, quick story—we'll do real quick. Because when story, we'll
1: do real quick. Last quick,
0: quick story. That quickly, we're going to quickly get to. Woo. Yeah, Woo. a lot of quicklies. Do some Vince Neil for me. Segway properly.
1: I'm here. Uh, there we go. Sam <laughs> When you have
0: people do stuff on the spot, it just never works out. I'm sorry about that. Okay. No, it worked out. That was actually no. good. What were you singing that time? It sounded like Patience by Guns N' Roses. situation. Oh, I didn't. was like, Yeah.
1: <laughs> then there, I think the one song before that was Home Sweet Home. It was, yeah. It was just, I yeah, yeah, you got that one. one. I got that okay. one. We this last one, one, I was like, Oh. Yeah. And then I think I did. Dr. feel good. you no, think- did. You did. And then... Uh, he didn't girls, do, girls, you girls. didn't do Girls, Girls, Girls. Because he not. gave up on that one. It's too hard. Yeah. It's don't too hard. To try, don't try No, I him. think I did, though. He did yeah. do it. Yeah. So it's just... uh But you know what, though? Here's the thing. He gave up on it, but guess who carried the torch? You did. Gooch did. Gooch. And, and it. the backing track. Thank you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> the backing track of the show carried You're the torch You're welcome, perfectly. Vince.
0: <laughs> So the reason I'm bringing up this story is because when Tommy Vex left Bad Wolves, we as a podcast oh, were like... We think that they should call it. We don't think that they should replace the singer and they should just move on. I feel like that baggage of Tommy Vexed being in the band and what he's going to go out there and do in the media and all that stuff. I just feel like a clean break is the way to go. Well, they're like, no, we're not doing that. They're going forward. And uh, you guys did agree with it. I think we're on the same page on that, right?
1: I only agreed just because, okay, we've seen bands do this before where maybe their first album Uh, they have a different lead singer or something like that. And then after that, like it it worked for Judas Priest. I mean, it's like you, you see Mm -hmm. this, this sometimes, you know, you get, you you just get the right chemistry and you just go through that one, that one album, which people appreciated, but I'm sure this guy's going to bring something totally new to the table.
0: But the personality of... of he's, a, he's a big personality, Tommy Vex. He's yes. going to be touring the same songs. Mm-hmm. He seems to have more of the popular base of 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 the Bad Wolves, Five Finger Death Punch crowd, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, he's right wing. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what I mean, is that Bad Wolves is tied to that. Even I, though the other members are not. Mm, Clearly, think, Doc Coyle's not, as we all know. But yeah. the point is, is that I feel like the fan base, though, was...
1: Right, well, just just like you were saying, when you're talking about that five finger, uh, that five finger fan base, and again, mm-hmm. uh, I, Chris Kale is not was not a is not right wing. No, I know. You know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah. it's like there's plenty but of I'm guys, talking about the fan base. No, I know the yeah. fan base. So it's like you have you have bands. That aren't it's just sad that we kind of
2: have to lump have to lump people in. And the thing yeah. is, always
1: with Tommy, it's like it was obvious with the with. With that fan base, they're so afraid of cancel culture, and we've gone on that, we've mm. gone off on that on this show. It's a it, to me, it's a real thing. Stop saying it's not. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but at the same time, is it as bad as what some of these people are saying? And you're like, oh, not really. It's mm-hmm. not really that bad, you know. And, but
0: but he's no people always go to extremes. Right, like you can you go can go take extremes. something like they're doing to this girl from the office. It's pretty bad, you know, but like it's like the majority of people can look past that and be like, eh, "You're just being dumb," but,
1: right? Know? Right? And but that's the thing, and it's like now though, because Tommy got kicked out of the band or or he left the band or whatever because of his public opinion, because of his uh, his political opinion, mm-hmm. this falls right in there, falls right in line. You know what? He suffered, but we're gonna make sure we prop him up. Now it's their Now it's their fan. The fan base's duty to make sure that. Like now it's you just came after our boy. And it's like they're holding they're just holding And too he close did a, to it. he
0: did a GoFundMe and raised like a hundred thousand oh, dollars in a couple right. days. Yeah. So like the fan base is strong. Now the guys in Bad Wolves did announce their new singer. It's uh DL. He used to be in the Acacia strain. If I remember he was a guitar player, uh Daniel Laskowitz is his name. DL is is what the uh, nickname is, so I'm saying that. I really think this is gonna be a strong album. I think the guys are gonna do really good with the the getting rid of of Tommy Vexed, and I think that it's going to be, you know, a fruitful situation, but I really feel like I wish they kind of just changed the name of their band and, and went another route. I think that the fan base that loves Doc and all those guys would follow through, and I think the Bad Wolves banner... And with Tommy that, is just going to be gnarly, I think it's gnarly, with Tommy. Dude. And yeah. then on top
1: of yeah. that, dude, it's, it's like with the, him, yeah. When the Bad Wolves do go, go out there with Five Finger Death Punch, how are those fans going to treat the Bad Wolves now that Tommy's not with the band? It's well, they, like, they'll
0: they probably love him if, if Five Finger Death Punch... Take, if, if, if That's the thing. If these bands take them back on the road, and they probably will, because these are all great dudes. Right. I, I think Tommy's probably the aggressive one that's probably tough to work with. That's mm-hmm. what I think. But I don't want to say that too much, because I believe when Ivan was having his issues, Tommy did step in and sing... For Five Finger Death Punch, so they might have a connection. So to Philip Bonte, yeah, there were a few. People. There's a few people. So the point is, is that yeah, you, we'll see who the touring mates are with with the new incarnation of Bad Wolves. Um, obviously a popular band for them to get the second chance and have their careers boosted up. It was just a win win story until the political bullshit came into play, yeah. and now they're they're splintered. But I wish I can say it's it's not going to affect this incarnation, but I just feel like. I feel like that that political bullshit is going to yeah. affect and it, and, this incarnation of Bad Wolves. Yeah. And the
1: worst part about it is, is it can be kind of scary. Like yeah. it's like, what if somebody buys a little too much into what Tommy was saying, and then they want to take it to another level? Yeah. You know, it's like that's the that's again, that's just me doom saying. am that's straight doom saying. <laughs> that, that was straight doom <laughs> you know but what, <laughs>
2: growth, you acknowledged it.
0: You acknowledged the doom saying. You're like, and I'm going to take it here. Right, right. I'm going to take it here. I don't think it's going uh, there.
1: I believe it could. But it's like, uh, but again, it's just, you know, we, we, just, we, just live in this, we just live in this world where everybody just, I don't know, everybody just wants to be right. And, well, right now, there's not a beef process.
0: between the two. There's not right. a beef. Right, right, right. But I that do, we know of. Yeah, that we know of. But I do believe that the, the fan base does pick a side. Absolutely. That's the thing. And that's what I'm trying to say. When Sepultura broke up, there was all there was a bunch of us that were like Soulfly, fuck the new Sepultura. And then there was people like me like, no, it's cool. I'll check out both. You know, I didn't give a fuck. And then I was like, All right, well, I still am a fan of both. I think the new Sepultura is a fantastic band. I love their records. And I like Soulfly and everything, you know, Max is doing. But at the time when it splintered People to this day still hate Derek Green. right? You know? And it's like... So that's what I mean. And who got the better end of that stick? It was the Cavalera brothers. Like, Sepultura didn't get a lot of respect for a lot of years. I think they're better now. But that's what I mean. I feel like in this breakup, Bad Wolves is Sepultura. And Tommy's going to be the Cavalera brothers. That's what I feel. But anyways... Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. We'll see how it goes. Best of luck to Bad Wolves. Like I said, we're huge fans of uh, Doc and his podcast and everything. So we're hoping it works out great. But also, uh, you know... We'll see how it plays. We got we got to, we got to report what we feel in mm-hmm. our made up honesty or made up opinions of I'm bullshit. No
2: of made Tommy up Bext, honesty uh, I'm not either. Taylor Swift.
0: Oh my god! I didn't even know that happened. Yeah, like Man. after yeah.
2: he got kicked out or he left or whatever. He, he covered was, Taylor Swift. He, came, he covered Taylor Swift's. Uh, I don't know the name of the song.
0: I wouldn't know it anyway.
2: <laughs> it was like. Uh, I don't trust nobody and nobody oh, trust think, me and I'm like you're done
1: I think that's- next
0: time you sing that in Vince Neil's voice so then I'll get it hey, hey,
2: hey. All right. I don't trust nobody <laughs>
0: alright guys well with that everybody let's jump into our interview with James Kent from Perturbator You know, the first time I saw you, I saw you. I'm, I'm in Las Vegas. That's where I was born and raised. And uh, I saw you um, open up for John Carpenter. This was years ago. And uh, yeah. that yeah, yeah. the Hard Rock right. Casino, man, it's they closed it. And I went to the new joints, and I'm super sad about that, man. Do you have good memories of that casino when you came out here?
3: Did it fucking close? Because it's so. It was so good.
0: Yeah, they closed it. it. They closed I, it, dude. I, I, I,
3: yeah. I that really sucks. I fucking love this place. <laughs> I really loved it. Uh, I, have, I have so many good memories. It's probably one of my favorite shows uh, I've made in the U.S., the opening for John Carpenter. Uh, I just love Las Vegas. It's probably one of my favorite cities oh, in the U.S.
0: Dude, I wouldn't love it anywhere else. So.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's perfect.
0: But, uh, yeah, last time you were out here, um, if I remember, um, I was at Psycho Vegas, and usually that was at the Hard Rock uh, casino and last time it was mandalay yeah. bay um they changed it yeah bay, yeah. Oh, yeah. S- so i'm assuming there was something going on maybe they sold the place and we weren't aware but um yeah it was a it was cool at mandalay bay don't get me wrong and it's happening this year knock on wood i'm pretty 90 percent sure it is um this mm-hmm. this year but uh, at mandalay bay again but uh, i do man i just all the memories that i had growing up because me growing up out here man i saw the casino get built and all the oh, yeah. all the shows that I saw at that venue, man. When they close it, mm. anyway. Oh
3: yeah, I can I can totally imagine. Fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry to get sad on you, man. But uh, everybody, just, just in case you guys know, <laughs> yeah, you, that that, <laughs> that place good. was near and dear to me. And I can talk to every band that I talked to. I could probably say, hey, I saw you at the Hard Rock, whether it be the vinyl, the joint, anything like that, out here in Vegas. So it was it was really sad to see it get, go away. Um,
3: it's good that you told me because. I was uh, I was always like uh, I didn't know, and I wanted to to show my uh, my drummer this place the the outdoor casino because uh, he 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 not seen it. I was playing without my drummer then oh. back then. E- yeah, yeah, and so and so I wanted to show it to show it to him next time. I'll be I will be in Las Vegas, but uh, yeah, now that I know it doesn't exist anymore, fuck it now. Yeah,
0: they re it's the yeah. same. They're reopening. What they do is you know like anything they change it up, but it's going to be the Virgin casino or something like the guy that owns virgin internationals he he bought it and it's going to be that now and uh okay okay i don't know if it'll be the same but to me it won't be (laughs) (laughs) so uh luckily man you got some time in there that's for sure and that john carberry show was uh was amazing let's talk about that you just said it was one of your favorite shows you loved our city vegas um and uh, everybody, before we do talk about that, Lustful Sacraments, the new record, we're going to talk a lot about that, is out right now, guys. So make sure you are picking it up if you haven't already. But um, <laughs> opening for somebody like John Carpenter, how did that all come together? Because I remember, if I remember exactly, it was like around Halloween. It wasn't quite Halloween, but it was around that time. And uh, yeah. for me as a fan, I didn't even know he toured until this billboard showed up in my town. You know? So how did you get uh, involved in that project?
3: So that's basically it, it's basically my, my booking agent who who I think got it for for me. Uh, I think he uh, I think John Carpenter was sent a bunch of artists like he was looking for an opener uh, for the show and then uh, I I got selected so I was pretty pretty happy about it and then just my, my agent told told it to me it was like oh you're gonna play uh, near Halloween uh, with John Carpenter I was like fucking you know, <laughs> hell really cool. It's very nice. nice. Yeah. Good news. I didn't I didn't have a lot of work to do to to to, to get it. So it was all my 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 booking agency mostly.
0: Beautiful, man, beautiful. Um and I'm you, I'm assuming you saw the show and uh and all that stuff. What what uh um, yeah. what was your experience like? For me it was like, man, it was it was it was next level stuff cuz I never seen anything like that before. Like an the, actual comp- The junker. Car- yeah, the, John the John Carver. John Car- yeah.
3: I fucking loved it, man. I was uh, I was with friends. And uh, you know I I'm a big fan of John Carpenter, so and I you know he had he had the screen. If I remember, he had a screen with all the, the some, some movies playing. Yep. He was there in the middle of the, of the whole thing. It sounded good. It's it's very strange for me to watch a, a I think it's the first time I see a, a like a like a cinema concert type of thing where you are like sitting down and you have to enjoy it like this. But uh, but I fucking loved it. Every you know I recognized every every. Movie uh, soundtrack and uh, you know when when uh, in the mouth of madness played, I, I love this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, Halloween, of course. Yeah. So loved it, loved it. I I, I love the also the, the the lost the lost themes tracks, mm-hmm. some of them. So it was beautiful. Yeah.
0: Did you ever see out so, of curiosity? Um, he did a Master of Horror episode called Pro Life. Did you ever see that by chance?
3: No, I don't think I did. I
0: don't think I did. This is out of control. Anybody hasn't seen pro life find it because it's John Carpenter, but I mean, I feel like I've never seen him so unhinged and do a do an episode. It was crazy. But everybody, just check that out. I don't know what year it came out. I want to say like 2008 or something, but um, it was. (laughs) I'm not even gonna say it's good. I'm just saying check it out. Yeah,
3: I'll check it out definitely. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect,
0: so let's jump into the music, man. Like I said, we're here to celebrate the new album, Lustful Sacraments. Dude, congratulations. Excellent record. Now, it took Thank about, you. You're very welcome, man. I, thank you. Because like I said, this stuff, it, it, it moves me, dude. It, it keeps my life uh, in, in the positive for sure. And, uh, it, but it took about five years between uh, full lengths. I know there was an EP about four years ago. Um, tell me why it maybe took this long for you to do these, this kind of record and what you were looking for to get these songs out.
3: I mean okay it it took uh Dude, thank you very much mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh first of all, it took me it took me a lot of time, mostly because I was uh, always on tour, I was always on the road, and i'm uh, the, the kind of guy who cannot write music when I'm on the road I need to like you know be in, be in my own headspace, be in my own zone uh at home in my studio so so that took a while I, I started the album like almost three years ago. And then uh, a lot of things happened, I had to move houses and stuff, just, you know, boring real life stuff that just takes a lot of time. And, uh, and so it's only when the, the, the pandemic happened and the lockdown happened that I could truly sit down and, you know, be in my studio at night and then, like finish what I started. So I really started it uh, and finished it a year ago, yeah. Nice.
0: So the pandemic was very positive in that aspect for you. Um did you did you feel it was necessary for you to stop and slow down because of how much you've been touring um when that yeah. global pandemic hit? It it
3: was, it was it was a much needed, you know, pause for me. Uh it's unfortunate that it, that it had to to happen through a fucking virus, mm. but uh yeah, it, it was a very necessary pause for me because I I got, you know, life was very hectic back then and uh, you know like I said, touring a lot, visiting new cities every day, which is, you know, I'm not complaining. It's, it's great, you know, but sometimes you need to chill, you know, take care of your own little things at home.
0: Now, with touring, we're looking like it's going to start up here, let's just say, within five to six months. Are you looking to tour as much as you did in the past, or are you going to do a little, little less
3: uh, pr- probably a bit less, probably a bit, a bit less because we realized uh, that, it w- you know, it, we were doing like three to four tours per, <laughs> per year and it's like it, it got a bit too much and, uh, you know, it, it loses its, you know, its fun factor, I would say, after, after w- when it gets too much like this. So, yeah, we am probably going to be less, 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 uh, less touring, like two, two tours per year limited at that just hit the hit the good cities the big cities and that's
0: it nice fans out there look out for the tour dates because it's it's always a a pleasure even if you got to drive to one of your favorite bands it's always a pleasure do you feel like um when you guys are rested and not running around that the performances are better stronger
3: it depends because there's also like a sort of uh how to say like a a raw energy Mm. when we're tired as Well, it's 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 kind of weird to explain. I, I don't know. I don't know for Dylan, but uh, I, I can speak for myself here. I sometimes when I'm tired, I, you know, it, it gives me a little a little more uh, <laughs> rage. I don't know, like like uh, it, it pushes me pushes me a bit, you know. So, and when I'm fully rested, well, you know, the the probably the performance is better, but then I, I feel a bit like you know a, a bit less. Uh, Less in the in the moment, maybe I don't know. It, it's really depends on the on the context and on the shows, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I, I feel like I understand what you're saying. Like when you're tired, all the emotions you can get them out there on the stage, and they come together. Where it's just like, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I know exactly what you're saying. Opposed to, hey, I'm rested. I'm just gonna walk out and do this thing. I do agree with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I just saw that movie Judy, and it seemed like she would roll out of bed. I know that's just a fictional movie, but I just remember they'd have yeah. her roll out of bed, and she wouldn't even practice, and it would just be like this amazing performance. And I'm like, I wonder if that's how artists work. You know, like Some people just have it like, all right, everything's on the wall. Anything I'm going to fail miserably, it's going to be great. And I do like that. I do like that excitement to it. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, one thing I did want to bring up is that I know you were a gamer, and, and the pandemic did happen. Was there any game that you got to just really sink your teeth into this last year during the pandemic N-
3: not at all actually mm. not 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 much uh, i wish but uh honestly the the album actually like was my priority and it was just like i also had like other projects that i was working on so I started new new projects new bands uh, and also working on my label because I, I created a label something like this so, I didn't have a lot of time to, to play video games, actually. So, I'm pretty, pretty, uh, you know, pretty uh, uned- uneducated as to the new releases and stuff. Like that.
0: Nice. Now, we did bring up, you just brought <laughs> up the label. Um, this is the last release, if I'm not mistaken, for Blood Music, the label you've been on. Um, and you did yes. start your own label. Um, so, tell us more about that. The challenge is are you going to have other acts on your label or is it just simply for your music? <laughs>
3: so it's complicated mm-hmm. and it's uh, obviously it's a lot of work so it's not something that i'm going to do all by myself because you know i cannot uh, i cannot juggle between uh, working on that working on the live shows and then working on Perturbator. it's it's you know it's a bit too crazy so i, I do have a, a crew that helps me with that I, that i hired and uh it's going to be mostly for at, at first it's going to be for my side projects and myself then I'm thinking of uh, if all goes well, you know, if if we have a good distribution, if we make good objects and stuff like this, good vinyls, uh, maybe why not, uh, you know, invite people to to the ro- roster if they want to, yeah, and if I want to.
0: Nice, yeah. So the duo, do do. DIY, the do-it-yourself approach, I think is a, is a great thing. Um, on this album, mm-hmm. I did want to bring up, you do have some collaborators as well, so it's always good yes. to have a little different voices and in, in, in different avenues on the record. Tell me about those collaborators and how you got them on the record.
3: So, there's the, the two of them are my friends. Uh, True Body, from uh, Richmond, uh, Virginia. And uh, I've met them, I've, I've, I was listening to their music a while ago, and then I've they played a show with them uh, in Richmond. The, it, we played a show together and then we immediately like you know connected on a, on a you know they were they were super cool. At the end of the show we like uh, like hung out, drank some beers, whatever, and it was just really fucking nice to know that this band that I love also likes enjoys my music, and then you know, we decided to make music the together. I really wanted them to to play on the track. So that 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 was very easy had also Angman share uh I advise anyone to listen to it because it's honestly to me the the best French metal band currently, and I'm not saying this just because of my friends but uh yeah they're they're very uh we're very very good friends and we live like like two two kilometers away from each other, basically so it's super easy to to see them We often see them each other the guys from Angman Share and I and uh so yeah. Which is which is I had this track they wanted to sing on it, uh, I said let's go.
0: Nice, yeah, and that's the closing track. Everybody, it's called God Says. Uh, make sure you guys are hearing that track. It is, it's quite the track. Um, I love that song, dude. Been listening to that a lot, so it's it's really cool. And it follows up kind of the heaviest song on the album too, so it really gives you that good um, emotional uh, touch, if I may. So that was that's a lot of fun. Now. One thing I did want to bring up now, Lustful Sacraments, one more time, guys, it's out now. So make sure you're putting your ears on this thing and you're hearing this thing and you're picking up the record. But um, I do remember I read that uh, the album kind of leans towards you know, us as individuals or us as human beings um, kind of being self-destructive you know, and that being a part of just how we are. Uh, tell me a little more about that philosophy and how that kind of took over and um, you know, influenced a little bit of this record and the sound
3: it's mostly uh it's mostly my own you know i'm i'm a very negative person i would say i'm a very nihilistic person and uh and it it's always been like that but you know before that i, I would you know make albums about sci-fi stuff you know human machine uh, duality stuff like this but on this one i really wanted to focus on something that i really you know uh I, I think a lot of people experienced or you know know how it feels so something more human and visceral so this is what this album is about this and it's not like a not like a lesson of morality or something like this it's not like pointing the finger at it at you and like trying to tell you like don't do drugs or something like this and it's more of a introspective look at myself I would
0: say is self-destruction because uh, I think we all deal with it. you know, myself included everything like that, yep. and there is excesses, there's obviously there's track access, and uh, that we we want to push ourselves to to kind of you know feel something new, something different. So I think that's that yep. is a normal thing of our of our time in this world It might change in the future might have been different in the past, don't know. Um, but i I do find it really fascinating that eventually it kind of becomes a part of our personality, and yeah. that's the. Especially, b- Go ahead.
3: You live in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> you live in Las Vegas, so so you know you can see that I think uh, pretty often, more often than, than most people, you know the sort of like uh, you know losing yourself to you know pe- people who gamble, people who who drink themselves to uh, until they become fucking numb, all this this stuff uh, in in the music business, in the music industry, while you when you tour, obviously. It's a lot of alcohol, a lot of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just, you know, and, and I think it's a it's a fascinating topic. But then at the same time, I'm not like, uh, I'm not a I'm not a a lesson giver, and I'm not going to tell you, well, you know, this is bad or this is not good. At the end, uh, the thing that sh- they can take away from it uh, on the album is only the the message that you you'll find for yourself, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: No, that's I think everybody's got to take their own journey. I just watch and say, hey, I've been there, and. I learned my hard lessons, and sometimes you're going to have hard lessons, but sometimes you're going to have the greatest joys. so it's such a hard yeah. thing for me to tell people you know to live their life. If you live your life in discipline um through and through. I feel like you're not living your life to the fullest, but
3: yeah, you know, yeah. there's a but then the, the extreme, the yeah. other extreme is, yeah,
0: is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm not saying go too far, but I'm also saying, dude, learn your lessons and, and live your life and all that stuff, but completely. And I feel like that's part of, um, I think that's one of the great, I, I know this sounds weird because it kind of goes back. But I think that's one of the greatest things about being human is that you can be self-destructive and come back, you know, and learn. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, push boundaries. Oh, yeah, yeah it's,
3: it's, You know, know, know who you are, discover who you are, mm-hmm. kind of like this thing, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah. And growing up in Vegas, like you said, I, you see other people make these... Oh, Wrong, like hard turns, and so you learn a little quicker through your friends. <laughs> you're like, All right, yeah, all right, right. right, I know not to go that far, that's a little much here, <laughs> but because it's all around you, the parents are insane out here sometimes, you know. But now it, it's getting a little more, a little more, you know. We're leaning more California now, so it's not as bad. Um, if I may. But uh, yeah, <laughs> growing up, definitely, man. So that's one thing that I, I did. I did love that philosophy behind it. Uh, now, one thing I did want to bring up, dude, is that you are, unless I did the math wrong, your your 10 year anniversary, you know, as perturbator, is upon us Pertur- here.
3: Yeah, October 7th, if I remember, yeah.
0: So if you had l- limitless budget, what would you want to do on October 7th to celebrate that milestone oh. for yourself?
3: Oh God! Wow. I'd pr- I'd probably I'd probably get a, a fucking suite in a, in Las Vegas actually mm. and invite all my friends there and uh, you know maybe maybe even invite some bands to play there and just just go on a just go on a three day bender <laughs> I don't know I don't know exactly good question yeah and, and I'm not gonna celebrate it like on a like you know by doing something by mm. doing a, a box i'm just gonna celebrate it on my, on my own with my friends that's
0: the the best way to do it i, I agree i think that's absolutely the best way to do it. it's a milestone you know 10 years is usually the uh when you look back on like all the great bands the led zeppelins <laughs> all these bands it's like 10 years is like that milestone mark where you know it's kind of like that's yeah. it if you make it there yeah. dude it's it's a huge deal i think you know
3: so it's it's really it's cool some bands some bands have been like I don't know. I think I saw like Kits. Mm-hmm. Kits is like what fifty years is active.
0: Yeah, about yeah, they're just about there. Think uh, about that.
3: <laughs> it's nuts. They're all like seventy years old or something, and they're still still playing. It's pretty nuts.
0: Pretty I saw the, the coolest picture, and hopefully I don't say this wrong, but it was Paul Stanley with his dad, and I believe his dad was a hundred and one oh, or ninety nine. I can't remember, but I was. They looked they looked the same, and I'm like wow. Dude, so Kiss is Paul Stanley's going to make it to hundred. <laughs> Here's my point. So yeah, he's yeah. going to be he's going to be playing forever, <laughs> dude. That's so awesome. Um, what time do you think it's too old to continue on? And and you're just as at this age. Of course, this answer can change down the road. But what time do you think? Hey, I want to kind of settle down and not not tour the world or make music anymore. What time do you think is is a little too old for you? Oh man, I don't
3: know. I'd say you know 45, 50. I guess that's the, that's the mark where I would probably, uh, you know, say stop it, get get a real job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. funny. I got to tell you a story. Dave Grohl said the same thing. He said, when I'm 45, okay. I'm going to call it. And, dude, he's still going strong. So <laughs> it's, you never know is my point. You keep going because I remember that. I'm like, 45, that's it? Well, he did a lot, you know, Nirvana, Foo Fighters. But then he's he's, he's still going strong, man. So, yeah, um,
3: a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So cool, man. So,
0: everybody, one more time. Lustful Sacraments, guys, make sure you're pre ordered and picking it up. One thing I did want to talk about, and I really love the cover art for this record. It hit me pretty good. Um, For anybody that hasn't seen it, make sure you guys, even if you just look at the image, but uh, on a vinyl, this thing's going to be amazing. But tell me about the story behind that creation.
3: It's it's a friend of mine, again. I only only work with uh, good friends of mine mostly. Oh, only actually and uh, he's a you know graphic illustrator he has made some artworks for you know some bands some you know electronic projects and uh basically i, I asked him to do uh, something that would be a bit mysterious that plays with shadows and uh, yeah, i gave i gave him a lot of pointers to be honest and then he came up with something that i found really really Ill strange and beautiful and and gothic so it it works very well yeah i like it it's
0: it's a beautiful beautiful image now you did bring up gothic now that's something that you have always been kind of into like the goth music and things like that growing up if that's not mistaken and that there is a presence of that on this record um were there outside influences when you were creating this maybe of that kind of genre that you were going for because there is a new sound you know overall in this record for you
3: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's it is really heavily inspired by uh, the goth rock of the of the '80s in the early '90s. So you know, S- Sisters of Mercy, uh, you know, uh, to name a few. This, uh, obviously, Boss, the classics, Joy Division, The Cure, uh, all these bands. You know, Ximox, all this scene of like uh, goth rock uh stuff it, it, even some new wave stuff you know like uh, new order and depeche mode is is there
0: too yeah. dude nah I hear it all it's beautiful it's it's cool that you brought up joy division man i've been listening to them like this nonstop we watched that movie control i know it's an old movie i just saw it um that was about ian curtis's uh, yeah. life did you see that movie by chance or no
3: i saw it a while ago long time dude I, it's man. an old movie that's what yeah. i'm saying i just saw yeah, it and yeah. i'm like
0: yeah. i got to revisit these joy division records but yeah.
3: man it's a depressing movie if I remember if yeah. I
0: recall yes, yeah, yeah.
3: It, yes it I was. mean Ian Curtis was a depressive a very de- depressing person depressive I mean
0: yeah yeah but um, the the imprint right in such a young age that he left the world we're talking about him 40 years later you know and uh, the rec- yeah. the two records yeah. that he put out but like the song like Dead Souls and for modern day people you guys might have heard Nine Inch Nails covered it on the Crow soundtrack if I'm correct um, yeah. and i Feel like that's the more popularized version, but if you find the original version, it is like you said. It's just something like I've never heard yeah. anything like it. It's a beautiful thing, um, yeah. but that is something really cool. You know what? I, another movie I just saw, and I, I'm just bringing this up because I know you know France is the region here we're talking about a little bit here. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. I Stand Alone. Did you ever see that movie with Gaspar Noy? No. Did you ever see that?
3: Oh fuck! Wait, uh, what? Oh, shit! I might, I might, I might have seen it, but it's uh, it probably has a... Um a uh, uh, French title, no?
0: Oh, probably, I mean, dude. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: It, I didn't think I about it. Uh, I mean, uh, I've, I've watched a lot of Gaspar Noe movie. I'm, I'm a big fan. I love uh, Irreversible, Into the Void. Uh, climax is pretty cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I thought Climax that totally turned to me at the end.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa, everybody. Yeah,
0: um, I believe it was yeah. his first film, and it reminded me of like Taxi Driver. And um, Okay,
3: yeah. It does have a French uh, French title. Uh, the French title is uh, Seul Contre Tous. Yeah, yeah. I stand alone, I guess, yeah. <laughs> that means that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah I, I saw this one this one is heavy it's, it's this, a heavy
0: movie this is one of the most disturbing movies i've ever seen And irreversible as we you just brought up is disturbing like in a lot of ways but it did nothing to yeah. me compared to this movie <laughs> that's why <laughs> i just saw it like uh, two months ago i yeah. think it's
3: a tie. I think, I think it's a tie between both i mean Irre- mm-hmm. Irre- Irre- irreversible is super super disturbing to yeah,
0: me, yeah you're yeah. right you're completely right
3: both, both, both are
0: it's crazy because you were talking climax. You're like, yeah, <laughs> you are like that's nothing. It's such a good movie, but yeah, dude, fantastic. And that's something about you know France, the the movie, the cinema, the world. Um, growing up as far as artistic stuff goes, it's just such a. It seems like such an uh, amazing place. Do you feel like it's there is no place like it in the world when it comes to that kind of environment to create? Uh, I, I mean, yes and no.
3: I think there is a you know you. Yes, it's a unique place and it's uh, it has its own, uh, you know, yeah, its own energy to it. And uh, there's a lot of French movies, a lot of French music, that uh, uh, m- more movies than music, I would say, by the way, uh, that is super unique and super, super cool. But I would say the same for like a lot of countries, honestly, mm. you know, England, England has the same sort of thing. I think England has a lot of in- extremely good music coming out of there. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, almost everywhere.
0: Yes, true. I just feel like there's an originality to that style out there that um, England does too. Yeah, you're completely I, right. Yeah, but it's 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 just yeah, something yeah. beautiful. Yeah, that I think a lot. So um, with that, man, though, I, I got to tell everybody one more time because my time is almost up. Always a pleasure to talk to you, James. Always a pleasure, man. But uh, everybody, Perturbator's new record, Lustful Sacraments, is out now. Make sure you guys are picking it up. Um, what song, last question for you, my friend, what, what song are you extremely excited to finally put in front of a live audience on this record?
3: Uh, I think it's going to be track eight, uh, called Mess- Messalina, Messalina. Yeah. 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 That's this one. is a bit, a, a bit of a banger. And I think it's going to do pretty well on the shows. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. That's, and that's, that's what I was talking about. The heaviest songs before the, uh, the hangman's chair, um, the last song mm-hmm. on the record, which is like I said, just a really beautiful, touching song in my opinion. But yes, dude, I'm excited to hear that song live. I'm I'm so sorry to tell you, but the hard rock is gone. But <laughs> you know what? Shit, we've got we've got stuff out here that you'll love. I promise, as you know.
3: Oh um, yeah! Oh, you, you always do uh, stuff like that. That like uh, that I would love in Las Vegas.
0: Always, man, and so, always yeah. so, oh, stuff I like love.
3: <laughs> perfect dude.
0: so with that you're gonna come back out here eventually whatever time frame it is and hopefully we're gonna hear some of these great tracks live off this record man but with that james yeah. always a pleasure man thank you so much dude for calling into the metal thanks sucks podcast
3: thanks to you man thanks to you it was a pleasure
1: Battle Sucks Podcast. Sucks Podcast.
0: All right, guys, and we are back. First track you heard is off the new album, Lustful Sacraments. It's out right now, guys. That track is Death of the Soul. Second song off the same record, and that one's called Dethroned Under a Funeral Haze. Make sure you guys, if you haven't, checked out Lustful Sacraments. It is out right now. Pick it up. Fantastic record, dude. Great time. Really, really proud of the transition he made on this record. Um, But you guys, make sure you're checking it out. Third song you heard is from a band called Storm Ruler. That track is called Rain of the Winged Duke, and their new album, Under the Burning Eclipse, is out now as well, guys. I've been a big fan of this record since it got sent over to me, so I'm definitely glad I get to play a song and promote it. If you guys haven't checked out this record by Storm Ruler, once again, Under the Burning Eclipse, make sure you do. And with that, we want to thank everybody out there for the five-star reviews we keep getting on the good old Apple iTunes. That's all we ask for as a podcast. That's it. If you guys can take the time, go over to the iTunes, click five stars on that review. That would mean the absolute world to us. So I want to thank everybody out there that has done that. You guys are the best. And also for supporting our other podcasts, Rise to Offend, the documentary discussion podcast. As we mentioned, we did like six hours on The Joker. We did the the origin story all the way till modern times. And that's what that podcast is about. It's documentary discussion, many topics. We've done Colin Kaepernick, Me Too, Floyd Mayweather, and then also a lot of Metal Guys You know, currently we're doing Chuck Scholdiner and we've done Odorous Jurongus, Phil Anselmo, yada yada yada. We did not bring up that Phil Anselmo jacks off in front of a computer screen no, on don't. that episode. That's speculation. That's oh complete, speculation. That is complete speculation. speculation. But, but keep in mind, we brought up all the other fucked up shit he did. Yes, we <laughs> so did. That probably pales in comparison on some level. But anyways, it was a uh, it was a great episode, a lot of fun. So if you guys want to hear the story of Phil Anselmo, according to us, and the digital imprint he has out there in the world, then come check out Rise to Offend podcast. With that, my friends, until next week. Vince, you gonna sing us out?
1: I'm <laughs> a <laughs>
2: What?
0: It's a live wire. It's, oh. That's a live wire, yeah. And uh see ya.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> the Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.